I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash recommend today. You could spend the weekend doing the same old whatever, or you could conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. Our next guest is literally, literally, the best NFL writer slash reporter in the country. The website that he runs with a very talented crew is for me the first thing that I read every morning. So the timing is obviously excellent for you, the listener, to get some insight and some wisdom from Mike Florio from Pro Football Talk on Twitter, at Pro Football Talk, the guy who dropped the bombshell yesterday that we were going to be getting that news on Deshaun Watson that we've discussed the entirety of this show. Mike, good morning. Thanks for um, thanks for being here, man. Hey, can you do me a favor? Have your producer clip that intro so I can send it to NBC for my next contract negotiation, please? <laughs> yeah. You got it. We'll have as long as they don't send it to CBS because those guys are second. CBSSports.com number two. Just don't send it to my bosses. It's true, Mike. I and look, like I, you know, not to not to to throw rainbows and puppy dog love your way, but you, I'm almost sure it was you, are the are the person who wrote a while ago that that I didn't know this that Roger Goodell, if there was a finding of cause against Deshaun Watson by the arbiter by the former federal judge that Roger Goodell could appeal to basically to himself and make a decision. And so we've been able to have, I think, on this show a pretty sophisticated conversation because of some of the, the insights you've given us. Let me ask you this. There's a lot to get into. Was yesterday, given the context of everything that was out there, a win or a loss for Deshaun Watson? I hate to even do that, given my view on Deshaun Watson, but in practical, harsh terms, was yesterday a good day or a bad day for Deshaun Watson? And I think it's possible to compartmentalize what he did, what he allegedly did, what Judge Sue Robinson found he did, and his clunky effort to proclaim innocence from what is the practical effect. And when you consider everything that happened, when you consider 24 lawsuits, 66 women that, according to the New York Times, great reporting from Jenny Brentis of individuals that he found on social media, using his identity as an NFL quarterback to set up these private massage sessions that he had a habit slash fetish of trying to engineer into sexual encounters. When you consider everything that happened and how this was just mishandled by him and everyone close to him and how we got to this point where he was staring down a four-year suspension with no guarantee that he would be automatically reinstated on the back end, yesterday was a win. He got out of this thing with an 11-game suspension, a $5 million fine. He comes back and plays this year. And and he, he turns what was a worst-case scenario into something not quite as bad as it could have been. Two full years of his life without football and no guarantee that he'd be back or that he'd be any good when he came back. So for him, it was a win, especially because – and this is what I compared it to yesterday. This is the equivalent of the guy who pleads guilty, signs the paperwork, and then stands up and says, I didn't do it. And I'd love to know, and I'm trying to find out, what the NFL thinks about all of this. Because even though some are saying, well, this is like any other settlement when there's no admission of guilt, I think this one had an admission of guilt embedded in there somewhere. Why else would you expect him to undergo evaluation and treatment? Because if he really clings to this idea that I stand on my innocence, 
How's the evaluation going to go? What are you evaluating? I'm innocent. What are you treating me for? I'm innocent. Uh, it's so well said. Mike Florio here on, on the show. Mike, to what degree, based on your reporting or, or just your expertise, do you understand what the NFL's reasoning was in terms of the decision they made? Why do you think the National Football League, and Roger Goodell in effect, decided 11 games as they weigh the politics and the brand and to whatever degree they think you know a moral compass does or doesn't matter, everything that goes into the decision, why do you think 11 games? Well, you know, at the end of the day, the, the easiest response is they avoid a federal lawsuit that the NFL Players Association would have filed, or I think more likely the NFL would have actually filed the lawsuit in a preferred courthouse where they know that past precedent from Tom Brady and Ezekiel Elliott would help them win. They would have had to actually fire the first shot in a legal battle in order to get the best possible outcome. They didn't want to go through that. I think at some level there was concern that this argument of owners not being held to a higher standard, even though the personal conduct policy says owners and club and league management will be held to a higher standard under the personal conduct policy, that was going to be an issue. And there's some problematic factual scenarios there where either they didn't punish someone or they didn't even investigate when there was reason to believe that there was an investigation to be done. The Cowboys voyeurism scandal to me is a significant unexplored story that the league has looked the other way on for months, if not years. And that's the kind of thing that would have come out. And I also think at a certain level too, and I don't know this, but to the extent that there's frustration within the league about the Browns doing this $230 million fully guaranteed contract with Deshaun Watson, it actually would have helped the Browns if Deshaun Watson misses the full year because his contract then would have got kicked by a year. He'd be under contract through 2027. They'd owe him $1 million next year instead of $46 million. So by coming back for some games after missing 11, and presumably in a very difficult conference and a very difficult division, the Browns won't be high-end contenders. This season's lost and they only have them under contract for four years after this season. So that may have been a reason why there was a willingness to just get this over with, avoid the federal court action, and not help the Browns. Even though the Browns never would have admitted that, it would have helped the Browns if he would have missed the full year. That is really interesting. Mike Florio here on the show. Mike, in practical terms, for the remainder of this year, let's just go with the quarterback option as they await Deshaun Watson's return against his former team, the Texans, after that, those 11 games are out. Do you think the Browns really go with Jacoby Brissett, or do you think there is a potential trade out there for Jimmy G or, or someone else that could, that could materialize? Well, I think at the most obvious and superficial level, it would be a very tough sell for the Browns to go out and get Jimmy G because I think they'd have to give up more to get him than what they got for Baker Mayfield. And that's an apples-to-apples comparison I don't think they really want to make. Now, the deeper question is, are they content to have 11 games with Jacoby Brissett and then see where they are down the stretch one with Deshaun Watson? you got to ask it from Jimmy Garoppolo's perspective, too. Is this the best spot for him when he knows there's a good chance he's going to be sent to the bench in December and January when he otherwise would like to be in a spot where he's on the football field playing and playing well enough to set himself up for a contract next year? And Look, there's no guarantee that Watson comes back week 13. He has to comply with the evaluation and treatment requirements of this settlement. I don't know what kind of appetite the NFL is going to have to ensure that he does 
go in there and say, I understand I did wrong. I understand I shouldn't have behaved the way I did. I do accept guilt. I do accept responsibility. I abandon everything that I said at that press conference. But if he's in there repeating those things, he potentially fails to comply, which means he doesn't get reinstated, which means this isn't over. And the Browns won't know until it's too late. If the Browns knew right now they weren't going to have him all season, then Jimmy G makes sense for both sides, for the team and for Jimmy G. But right now they think it's 11, and they hope it's only going to be 11, but they're not going to find out until later that it's more. By then, the Jimmy G ship has sailed. So I don't think they're going to do it, and I don't think they're going to know that they would have needed to do it until it's too late to pull off a move for Jimmy Garoppolo. Mike, you, you referenced Deshaun Watson's non-apology apology in his press conference yesterday, and his he apologized to a, a reporter. He apologizes to everyone, but no one in particular. It, it wasn't. A, it was not a master class in, in public relations from him or the owner of that team, to say the least. To what degree, if any, are, are Deshaun Watson's comments yesterday or, or going forward can they have an impact on whether or not he is allowed to have been determined determined to have, have complied when his suspension is up? I think it's going to be huge because, look, whoever they get to perform this evaluation surely will know everything he said publicly and will start the process from square one. And I have no training experience or understanding of how anything like this would go. But if the evaluation and treatment are going to be meaningful at all, you've got to get the guy to admit that what he was doing was inappropriate, that setting up private massages, using his fame, using his status to get people who are trying to get their businesses off the ground clamor for the opportunity to be able to say later, hey, I've provided massage therapy services to Deshaun Watson. Well, you must be pretty good then, right? That gets him in the door, and then he tries to direct the massage toward a sexual encounter. He's got to understand that that is inappropriate. He's got to understand that that his categorical denials of responsibility, he's got to abandon that. He's got to seek a fair evaluation. He's got to respond to treatment. It all comes down to how aggressive that person is, who that person is, and whether or not that person feels empowered to say to the NFL, this guy just doesn't get it. We're wasting our time. And we won't know that. And I, here's, here's when we'll know, if we're ever going to know. His first press conference when he comes back. And I suspect that Mary Kay Cabot of the Cleveland Plain Dealer, if no one else, she will ask him this question. Deshaun, the last time we talked to you, you said you still stand on your innocence. After going through evaluation and treatment, do you still stand on your innocence? And if he says yes, it will have all been a waste of time and a sham and, and ultimately just an effort by the NFL to be done with it. So you know, if, he says, if he says, you know what, I was wrong to say that and I've learned a lot and this has been very useful, and I understand the errors of my ways, I understand what I did wrong, and I apologize for ever being defiant about it. If that's what we hear from him, then it worked. But that's going to be the litmus test coming up at some point in early December. Mike Florio, I would love those words to come out of Deshaun Watson's mouth and for him to mean them, but the reality is if he had a better public relations apparatus around him based on what we saw yesterday, he could just say those things, right? You don't have to mean those words to say those words what is what is your read on, on just the Browns' communication strategy throughout this saga? Well, and it's not just the Browns; it's the people close to Deshaun Watson. As it relates to the Browns, now let's assume that they knew he was going to stand up and proclaim his innocence yesterday. There's maybe a chance they didn't expect him to say what he said. But yesterday would have been a day to just let everything percolate and marinate and not say anything. The league didn't call a press conference to talk about it. You issue 
the press release, you issue a written statement, and you just move forward. And you don't put Deshaun Watson in front of a microphone. You don't put the ownership out there. They knew this was coming. They planned it. I think that was a mistake. Sometimes the best PR is no PR. But I go all the way back, Bill, to the very beginning. When Tony Busby, on behalf of Ashley Solis, reaches out to Deshaun Watson's representatives with a claim of nonviolent sexual assault during a massage and makes a demand of $100,000, which happens all the time. I practice law for 19 years. Every day, hundreds if not thousands of times a day, someone who is representing a person reaches out to the target of the allegation of wrongdoing before filing suit and gives that side an opportunity to resolve the case without putting anyone through the stress and the strain and the expense of litigation. It is not extortion. It is legitimate. It is common, and it happens all the time. I've done it on behalf of clients, and I've been approached on behalf of clients who were going to be ultimately sued. And some were and some won't. Sometimes it works, sometimes it doesn't. But what they did is they basically gave Tony Busby the middle finger. He asked for 100000 which to me is a clue he would have taken on behalf of his client fifty to 75000 It would have been done, it would have been gone, and that may have been it. And we never would have known about it. Instead, as he said it himself 15 days ago in a press conference, they pissed me off. So he goes out and he finds others. Next thing you know, he's found 24. And this is all because the folks at Deshaun Watson's firm, instead of saying, holy crap, we got something, we got to be, you know, we got to figure out, let's sit down and talk to Deshaun. They circled the wagons and they've constantly done this. They're still doing it. They're still doing it. Yesterday, David Mulligata, who represents Deshaun Watson, tweeted and then deleted an attack on Judge, uh, Judge Robinson's ruling that the union wanted the NFL to embrace. He attacked it. She had her mind made up. He's admitted to nothing. And so I think if somebody would have spoken hard truths to Deshaun Watson early on, he could have avoided all of this. Not just the $5 million fine, but somewhere between $1 and $10 million that he's probably spent on legal fees and settlements that all could have been avoided if they just would have settled with Tony Busby on behalf of Ashley Solis and possibly been done with it. Phenomenal insight from Mike Florio. Mike, Last one for you, and I, again, I guess this is where we compartmentalize and go back to, to football, and it's, it's speculative, but I'm curious your, your view here. It will have been a pretty long stretch for a quarterback in the National Football League not to have played competitive football when, when he is back. Whenever that time comes, 11 games or more, what are the odds, do you think, that he could be severely impacted in terms of his performance from his time away? Well, we didn't see much from him last Friday night against the Jaguars, but if you watch carefully, there are still flashes of the old Deshaun there. There were a couple of drop passes. You know, his numbers weren't great. He didn't play for very long, but I think there's every reason to think he's still going to be good. But, you know, the reality is there was a, a very loud and viral, profane chant directed to Deshaun Watson in Jacksonville. Well, what's it going to be like in the regular season in Pittsburgh or Baltimore or Houston or wherever he goes? Every time he's on the road now, this is going to be an issue. This is going to be a thing. What is that going to do to him? Is he ever going to live this down? And that, that's all the more reason to, to take a step back and have a real reckoning here and acknowledge what you did, why you did it, how it became a problem. Jimmy Haslam, the owner of the team, said yesterday, everyone deserves a second chance, and I believe it. But you first need to admit that you squandered your first chance before you even qualify for a second chance. How can somebody who continues to refuse to understand that there was anything remotely wrong with what he did, how did he even get the second chance? So I think that's something he's got to work out. Maybe this time away 
if he gets people around him who are willing to speak those hard truths, maybe he can get to the point where he needs to be. And I hope he does. He's good for football, and everyone's entitled to that second act, that shot of redemption. We all like to see that. But first, you got to truly qualify for it by expressing remorse, true remorse, true contrition, and then try to move forward and turn the page. Mike Florio, phenomenal stuff. Love the insight. Appreciate the time. Thank you so much for, for being on the show. Thanks, Bill. Good talking to you. You could spend the weekend doing the same old whatever, or you could conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. T-Mobile has invested billions to light up America's largest 5G network from big cities to small towns, including right here in yours. And great coverage is just the beginning. Right now, families and small businesses can save up to 20% versus AT&T and Verizon when they switch. Visit your local T-Mobile store today. Plan savings with three lines of T-Mobile essentials versus comparable available plans. Plan features and taxes and fees may vary.